Welcome to the podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel, Bio Soul Integration. There, my goal is to help you integrate body and soul, to help you feel completely, express fully, and live authentically. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Eaker. Let's get into it. Hey there. Uh, Today, I want to talk about the three ways to avoid getting sick this season. And um, really, it's uh, as much uh, about three ways of avoiding getting sick as it is sort of three sort of levels of awareness or three perspectives on what it means to get sick. Um, And, you know, when I say this season, certainly I'm talking about the flu um, and other viruses that we might encounter in our environment. And certainly there's a big one that's happening right now, which shall go unnamed in this video. I've heard that uh, YouTube will censor people like me, um, will censor people like me who are putting out information, you know, that in the alternative healing world, whether to what extent that's true or not, I'm not sure. And not sure if it's silly to not say it, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention the particular virus that is creating a big scare at the moment. And, uh, I'm sure you know what it is that I'm talking about. So I don't necessarily need to say it. Uh, my name is Jay Eaker and I'm here at the BioSoul Integration Center. And my job here at the BioSoul Integration Center is to help you connect with your soul's essence and your soul's gifts and embody that so that you can share those gifts uh, through your body onto this physical plane so you can share those gifts with other people and sort of fulfill your your purpose here on the planet. So if you could, uh, if that sounds, you know, if that's of interest to you, please subscribe to this channel on YouTube or wherever you find it. Give me a like, a share, a comment in the comment section. Um, share it with people who might be interested. You can also find this, I turn these these uh, videos into uh, podcasts, and you can find a podcast version of this wherever you listen to your podcasts. Of course, on all the social media platforms, I can be found there, so do your thing there as well. So again, there's just kind of been this big scare lately, right? And that scare is kind of, uh, you know, not quite sure how big it's going to get. But, um, uh, and I think there are sort of three different ways to look at getting sick. And I think a lot of the fear that we're experiencing now comes from this sort of first way of looking at getting sick. And that way of looking at getting sick comes from, uh, comes out of the germ theory of disease. And the germ theory of disease is something that, you know, was scientists created, I don't know how many, how many years ago, a long time ago. And that's kind of been the basis for the, the medical world, the, the mainstream sort of health, you know, world, the, the lens that we sort of look at, uh, disease, through is kind of comes out of this germ theory of disease and the germ theory of disease says that, you know, there are pathogens out there. There are little bugs, little critters, and, uh, in some way often they're out to get us. And 
if we come into contact with them, if they get inside of us, uh, we will be infected and they start to proliferate inside of us and create, we get infected. Um, And that is kind of a, that way of looking at things is this kind of, you know, us versus them. It's kind of a, uh, the way we are, like our environment is out to get us and that the only, uh, you know, the only thing that we can do to avoid that is to keep those things off of us, to keep those things from getting inside of us. And so, you know, things that we can do to help avoid that are to create a barrier between us and the, in the environment and those pathogens in the environment. And so, uh, you know, washing your hands and, um, wearing a face mask and, um, keeping yourself isolated from, you know, from people that you might, that might have these pathogens on them, keeping, you know, yourself separate from, from people isolating, isolating yourself. Uh, yeah. So, you know, these are all things that you can do to sort of keep this, these things away from us. And those are, if we're largely looking through that lens, those are the only things that we can do. So of course it's kind of scary. There's a lot of fear involved there. Like that's the only thing that we can do. Um, and I'm not saying that the germ theory of disease is not true. It clearly is. And, you know, it's not the whole story. Uh, not everyone who comes in contact with a pathogen will get the disease. Uh, you know, things that are happening in the mainstream medical world are kind of showing that it's more complicated than that. We have things like antibiotics and things like that that are designed to help us uh, kill uh, pathogens. But the overprescription of antibiotics is uh, creating superbugs. You know, the bugs, the, the bacteria and whatnot will um, adapt to those antibiotics and get stronger. And so then the antibiotics don't work anymore. So clearly there is a, there's a way in which that's not the whole story. Like I said, a certain part of the population who are exposed to things won't get them. And why is that? Well, you know, there's another theory of health, which says that our body has this sort of intrinsic capacity to be healthy or stay healthy or to make itself healthy. And that, uh, you know, we have something called an immune system that is there to sort of fight off these, um, pathogens and keep, keep us from getting, you know, keep us from getting sick. And of course, uh, you know, the, so there are things that you can do to sort of strengthen your innate capacity, your intrinsic capacity to be healthy. You can strengthen your body's vital, uh, vital capacity. And, you know, so things that you can do are, you know, the basics are, you know, get plenty of exercise, make sure your system is sort of working well and it's fit, um, by exercising, drink plenty of water, get plenty of sleep, uh, get sunlight, eat, of course, eat healthy, uh, well-balanced meal so that you have all the nutrients that your, your nervous system and your immune system needs to, you know, to fight off, um, diseases, you know, stay, to the extent that's possible, deal with stress, stay, keep yourself away from high stress, stress environments. So 
That being the case, it's it's no mistake that the flu season happens, you know, from October to February or whatever it is, because during those times, what are we doing? Um, we're eating lots of sugar. Sugar is definitely, I think that I've heard that there's a study out there somewhere, I haven't seen it, but that says that, you know, even shows that even a small amount of sugar kind of reduces your immune system's capacity to do its thing for a certain amount of, a certain amount of time. And certainly I know that um, I've had the experience of, you know, being in an environment maybe uh, with my family around Christmas time and every, all the little ones are sick and there's snot everywhere and you're kind of like trying to not get sick and doing a good job of not getting sick. And then, you know, you eat a piece of cake or you eat some ice cream or you just, you know, you eat a bunch of cookies or you eat some sugar. And I've, ha I've had this experience of like, you know, before I'm done with that bowl of ice cream, I can feel the cold happening. The, it was on the edge. I ate some sugar and, you know, immediately your system says, oh, that's it. You're getting a cold. Um, you know, what else do we do? We drink lots of alcohol during that part of the year the, that we were naturally getting less sunlight just because the sun's not out as much, but then, you know, maybe it's cold or whatever. And so we don't, we stay inside and we don't get as much sunlight. Sunlight creates vitamin D. Sunlight hits the melanocytes in our body and makes vitamin D and vitamin D is an important part, uh, ingredient for a healthy immune system, healthy nervous system. And, uh, you know, of course, also, as far as stress goes, we just were running around like crazy people when most of the animals in the natural world uh, during that time are hibernating or, you know, kind of chilling out. They're, uh, you know, they are conserving resources. What are we doing? We are eating sugar, eating crappy food, uh, drinking alcohol, not getting as much sleep, you know, and running around like crazy people and getting all and getting all stressed out. So I would say that has has more than anything to do with the fact that, you know, uh, people, lots of people get the flu during that time of the year. Uh, there are other things that you can sort of like go the next level to sort of like strengthen your immune system, increase the vital energy in your body. And so there are things like superfoods, you know, super highly concentrated, nutrient rich foods and high quality, um, multivitamins and things like that, that you can, that you can go the next level with. Uh, and they're also, you know, sort of vitalistic healing practitioners like chiropractors and acupuncturists that, that, uh, you know, maybe even, even massage other things, practitioners that you see to sort of, for sort of self self care that certainly can relieve stress and increase your vital capacity so that you can, you know, fight off, fight off things. And that being said, even from that standpoint, sort of like that, that viewpoint of this sort of vitalistic capacity or capacity to sort of maintain health and stay healthy and get healthy. Um, that's a, a sort of viewpoint that sort of transcends and includes the one before that, you know, the one that's based on the germ theory of disease. Certainly you should, you can, you know, still, uh, you can still believe in that theory and use that theory and wash your hands and, um, you know, and, uh, and things like that to keep, to keep the pathogens out. 
um, and that makes sense. But then there are also things that you can do to increase your system's ability, your body's ability to fight off things. And even from, from that viewpoint, we're still, though, there's still this kind of like us versus them, you know, theme um, we're, you know, kind of like, we're trying not to, to make sure the pathogens don't get on us and we are strengthening, you know, creating this wall, creating this barrier in our bodies. It's kind of like as if, as if, if I'm not sick, that means that the sort of environment, my internal environment is sort of pristine and there's no bugs in there. There's no pathogens in there. I've managed to keep them all outside and that's kind of what your immune system, your immune system does. But that's not the whole truth either. The truth is, is that it's more complicated than that. And so the paradigm that I'm kind of working from at the BioSoul Integration Center is that the life is holding us. Life and our bodies are not against us like we can tend to think if our body, you know, tends to break down or if we get sick or, you know, critters from outside in our environment, our outside environment, you know, overwhelm us. Um, we might have this sort of sense that our, our bodies and our lives are sort of against us. But the truth is, is that life is happening for us, you know, not to us. Um, and that everything that we encounter in life is designed to get us to feel more, it's designed to get us to pay closer attention so that because it's because our attention kind of lubricates um, our evolution. There's a way in which our conscious life is constantly nudging us towards a greater level of evolution, towards our spiritual uh, unfolding, our sort of body-mind unfolding. And there's a way in which life is kind of nudging us in that direction, and I think it uses any element in our environment to to do that. And so in that situation, our immune system is not so much this thing that kind of creates a barrier between us and the environment, but it's more about having a relationship between the environment. It's more like a, this give and take conversation between us and the environment. The Our world is evolving and changing, and we are being asked to evolve and change um, along with it. And in that exchange, there's sort of a, a massive amount of information that's being exchanged between us and our world on, on many levels. So something to, on the sort of on the level of the pathogens that we run into in the world, uh, there was this, um, uh, the human biome project, I think it's called. It's an offshoot of the Human Genome Project, which was a, a World Health Organization thing that was done, sponsored thing that was done, I don't know, many years ago where they, you know, the Human Bio, uh, Genome Project, where they mapped uh, the human genome. And off of that, they decided to also map, they discovered in that in that process, I think, how much genetic material is in our bodies that's not us. And so they decided to map that material. And what they found is that, you know, there are, they say, an estimated 70 to 100 trillion cells in the human body, 
Well, if there are something like five to ten times as many microbes on and in our bodies, uh, microbes being bacteria and viruses and fungi, and um, so you know, to think that we are separate from our environment, from the from the pathogens, pathogens and the the microscopic part of our environment to think that we could or are or could ever be separate from that is is ridiculous um we are literally swimming in a you know swimming in microbes uh they are on us and inside of us all the time and actually it turns out that the bacteria say in our gut uh they are hugely responsible for they basically are our immune system um microbes in our bodies, they um, they signal cell growth and development. Like I said, they they run our immune. They digest our food for us. I mean, so there's these major ways in which we are really like merged with that world. Uh, again, to think that we're separate is crazy. We're really like merged uh, merged with that world. Um, and we have a, a really a symbiotic relationship with that world. You know, if we didn't, we'd be dead. If if it was like that's the enemy, those are the enemies, and you know, we'd be dead. They would they would win for sure. So, uh, also on this topic of the sort of exchange between our environment, there's a, a science called epigenetics. So the kind of traditional version of gene theory or whatever says that, you know, we have genes that are, uh, predispose us to certain things, whether it's diabetes or whatever conditions or diseases. And if you have that gene, then you're kind of like predestined to get that thing. That's kind of the old theory, but the truth is, but what they're finding is that an epigenetic shows that there's a huge amount of interaction between us and our environment that has an effect on whether or not these genes uh, turn into something. Um, it turns out genes can sort of be switched on or off. And let's say we have a gene for sort of diabetes or something, you know, that gene can be turned off and not express itself. When these genes get turned on tends to have a lot to do with um, the things that we talked about before, um, with the sort of vitalistic, uh, perspective of health, which is, you know, uh, if we, if we're getting lots of good nutrients, if we're, um, you know, getting sunlight, nutrients, exercise, uh, those genes will low stress. Those genes will tend to be turned off and not express themselves. But, Again, if we're not, if we're, you know, eating like crap, if we're eating lots of sugar, uh, stressed out, those genes tend to get turned on. But those genes are also very responsive to very subtle things going on in our environment, like the electromagnetic fields that are surrounding us, like the Wi-Fi, computer Wi-Fi that is, you know, blasting through us and that we're surrounded by cell phone um you know, electromagnetic radiation from cell phones, uh, and all the, the electromagnetic fields that are given off by the planet, by the animals and plants in the planet, by other people, like our, the genes in our cells, uh, are sensitive to those electromagnetic fields. 
and can be turned off or on, you know, in response to that. So very, uh, you know, on that basic level, on the level of our genes, we are very much in a sort of communication with our environment. Uh, you know, on an energetic level, our nervous system is exchanging a massive amount of information with our environment all the time. Um, like I'm always talking about in these videos, there's a part of our system that's online when we're in the womb, as soon as our nervous system starts to develop. When we're in the womb, when we're little kids, up to about age seven, the part of our system that's online, it's a part that's just really feeling into our environment. It's a sort of primitive part that's of our nervous system that is relating to the world largely through the energetics, the energetic milieu of our environment and gathering information about how to do this human thing based on what it senses, what it senses there. And so there's a massive amount of information exchange uh, happening on the level of our, our nervous system. Um, there is this um, something to sort of corroborate that. There's a, a research and education organization known as the Institute of Heart Math. And the Institute of Heart Math has been doing research on the heart um, for like 30 years, I think. And what they've discovered is that the heart is a major, it's you know, known as a second brain. It's a major juncture for information processing in the body. And it turns out the heart, the field, the electromagnetic field that's generated by the heart is like six is many times stronger than that of the brain. And, um, there is a state that people, a psychophysiological state that people can come upon when the uh, various cyclical systems in the body, the immune system, the endocrine system, the cardiovascular system, and other systems, the digestive system, uh, are synchronized with the rhythm of the heart. And there's this sort of state that develops that a body-wide state, a coherent state, they call it. Um, and in that state, it can be measured that there are many clinical health indicators, indicators of health and well-being um, that are improved, uh, you know, on a on a measurable scale when people are in that state. And it's back to sort of how we're exchanging information. They've found, furthermore, that that state can be transferred along with the health benefits can be transferred from one person to the to another simply by if people are touching, certainly, but also if people are just in close proximity. That coherent state that's in the nervous system of one person can start to be measured in the nervous system of the other person if they're touching or if they're uh, just in close proximity. And again, along with the sort of health benefits that, that go along with that state. So, you know, there's a way in which uh, you know, the, the way in which we, the vibe, you know, of the environment, um, that we find ourselves in. I think probably the people that are succumbing mostly to this scary virus that's happening, uh, doing a little research are certainly, you know, older folks, people who are immunocompromised, people who have other health conditions, um, but I imagine people who 
are not eating well. You know, like the homeless population probably is in danger. People who are not eating well, people who are eating like crap, people who don't, you know, who don't get, uh, whose bodies are not vital. Uh, those are the people that are probably mostly the people that are in, in danger. And, um, you know, I think someday, you know, based on this third perspective that I'm talking about where life is holding us and life is not against us and everything that we encounter is, you know, useful. Um, you know, I think someday we'll realize that getting sick is really, it's not what we thought it was. Um, I think eventually we'll learn that again, there's more of an exchange of information between us and our environment and that there's something actually that our body minds get, you know, get in return. And that's certainly been my experience. Um, I have a story, you know, there was a time when, uh, it was a time I was going to go back to Nebraska. That's where my family lives. And I was really, you know, something was building in me. I was really upset. Uh, I was blaming my dad for things in my life. Um, you know, for not, you know, not letting me express myself or, or something really it's stuff that I had done to myself. Right. But, um, I was really, uh, you know, I was really building up this oomph to sort of like tell my dad off and let my dad, you know, have it when I got home along the way, I stopped in Lincoln, Nebraska, where my brother in law and sister are. And I had this session with a woman that they see there. She's the magnet lady. Uh, this woman who did this technique from, she's from Ecuador and I laid on a table and she started packing magnets around me and, um, she would, you know, pack some magnets around me and she would, on my body and she would come back and she would say something about my relationship with my parents. And, you know, I'm not sure where she was getting this stuff. Obviously it was, it was true. It was in the field and she'd pack on some more magnets and, you know, I'm someone who's, you know, uh, versed in the sort of energetic techniques. And I usually expect to sort of feel something, you know, energy moving, expect to feel something happening. And I really didn't feel anything happening. And so I was like skeptical and she would come back and say something about my relationship with my parents and pack more magnets on. And, um, it turns out she's really good friends with my sister and my brother-in-law and she just got, she forgot about me. <laughs> Whereas a session is supposed to be like, you know, 45 minutes or something like she left me in there for an hour and 15 minutes and forgot about me. And finally she came back and she, you know, started unpacking the magnets and I thanked her and, you know, and, um, she let me go. And that evening I went back to Nebraska. The next morning I was uh, sitting on the couch and I was looking through a window outside and my dad, he's a farmer and he was working on an implement out there and he was grease trying to grease this implement. He had to bend down and sort of get in these tight spots to grease it. And I could see he, his body is shot from, you know, years of working on the farm. And, uh, I could sort of see like the hard time that he was having. And in that instant, it was like my heart, I, I, all this angst that I was sort of building against him, just sort of like my heart opened up. I could see that he, you know, he'd paid for his unconsciousness. He was struggling with his, you know, you know, his vital with his mortality on some level, I guess. And my heart instantly went out to him and I instantly sort of like forgave. Um, you know, I saw that energy through the lens of my heart and instantly 
I forgave him and it was gone. And that evening I was just hanging out about to go to bed and suddenly kind of very suddenly I felt sick and I like just made it outside, uh, ran outside and threw up and I threw up and I was like, wow, thank God that's over. Right. You know? And so I went back inside and about, I thought, wow, good thing. That's over. Don't know what that was. About a half hour later, uh, I started to get sick again. I, and I threw up again and my parents went to bed and I started getting sick all through the night in cycles. Um, these waves of sickness would come and it got so intense that I ended up sort of like in the bathtub. Um, and I was like too much information here, but I was throwing up and having diarrhea. So coming out of both sides of me, uh, and these waves would come through where it would get really intense and emotionally intense. I was sort of like scared and I was having sort of visions of like being in the civil war or something, you know, getting my legs sawed off or, uh, being, you know, a woman in childbirth at some point and not being able to give birth, you know, just like super, super intense situations where you're sort of like facing death, I guess, through sickness. And I thought, I don't know if I can do this, you know, but there was some voice in me that said, no, you must do this. And so I, you know, gave it as much presence as I could. And there were probably like 10 rounds of that through throughout the course of the night. And eventually at some point, uh, the last round happened and I could feel it. It was like, oh, this thing has released me, you know, it's over. And I was able to clean myself up and uh, go to bed. And, you know, when I kind of woke up the next morning, there was this sort of the deepest, you know, most, uh, the loveliest, deepest sort of sense of peace and spacious spaciousness that I had ever experienced to that point. Like I was just so relaxed and felt like so much space in my body. And, it, and I, I wanted to do nothing more than I didn't want to eat. The emptiness was just exquisite. I didn't want to eat. I laid out in the sun and it was just amazing. So, you know, I think most people in that situation would have been like, what is going on? Like I'm dying here. <laughs> I've poisoned myself. I've eaten something I've poisoned. I've got Ebola, you know, like I'm dying here. I need to get myself to a hospital right now, but I stuck it out and trusted my body. And I came out, you know, I came out the other end and I'm, I'm certain that I came out the other end more evolved. I came out the other end much better off, um, you know, on, on every level. And I experienced that with my clients as well. Often clients get sick and after the fact there is, you know, some indicators of increased neural integrity. There's less tension in their system. They've the, they've moved through, they're more connected to themselves. They've moved through some issue. And often these sick, getting sick is sort of connected with some, something that's building some issue that's building in them. And afterwards there's, you know, measurable levels of, um, neural integrity. Um, and that's how it kind of, uh, you know, I think getting sick is just another crisis that comes up on the healing journey, there are certain crises that come up that ask us to pay closer attention, sort of the squeeze shoot, things start to get tight. It's the sort of contraction after the expansion where we're asked, being asked to sort of pay closer attention, go look more closely at parts of us that, uh, we need to get a clear, come into clearer, uh, closer relationship with, a, with, 
And I think getting sick is often just one of those crises that happens. And, uh, you know, I just want to point out something. I think it's interesting that the actual, you know, in these crises, there's a consciousness change that's happening in us. There's, you know, energy that's been bound up in our system being moved and a consciousness change is happening as a result of that. And the, the physical fallout is, you know, actually, you know, the, the physical stuff that we experience when we're, you know, getting, when we're sick, when we're sick, uh, is actually, um, that energy sort of being trans transformed. That's the kind of the, the physical stuff is the trickle down effect. And so, you know, that's happening to us when we get sick, but also, you know, that's happening on a collective level. There's a consciousness change that happens on a collective level. And I think the, uh, the fallout of these people, of people getting sick is, um, you know, part of a consciousness shift that's happening uh, on a collective level. If we are sort of, um, connected to ourselves in that, on that spiritual, that embodied spiritual level, then it's easier to adapt to our environment. It's easier to sort of like come to a compromise with our, um, with our environment and, you know, getting sick doesn't, doesn't have to be as, um, intense as it would otherwise, you know? And so in that process, we've kind of had this sort of uh, compromise or exchange with our environment where there was some sort of evolution that's happening, a change that's happening in our environment that, you know, is being, is asking us to change and, um, energy that's been bound in our system moves and is transmuted and is transformed in that process of getting sick. And after the fact, we're much better off. So, you know, if you are, um, freaking out about this thing that's happening, this virus thing that's happening, you know, I want you to know that you're not at its mercy necessarily. You know, you, you're not at the mercy of the germ theory of disease. There are things that you can do to sort of have, you know, have create your own agency in the situation, which is to strengthen your internal, your vitality in your life. And I mentioned the sort of basic things to do that. Um, and you know, if you are someone who is on a spiritual healing journey, as someone who is familiar with what I'm talking about, then there are certainly things like what I do here at the office, at my office, BioSoul Integration, which is a, um, and if you're, you're not local to me here, you could look up something called network chiropractic or network care. That's the foundation for the work that I do. Some type of work like that, whether it's, uh, you know, somatically based psychotherapy or shamanic work or something that, you know, can sort of, you know, help you connect with this, with the part of you that knows on some level that life is holding life in our bodies are holding us life and our bodies are not conspiring against us. They're conspiring for us and that everything that we encounter in life, um, is designed on some level to help us grow and evolve and come into relationship 
with ourselves and nature and with the nature of nature um, uh, and our, our growth and our, and our evolution. So um, I hope you liked this video. Please remember to, to like it, share it with others, and um, I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the BioSoul Integration Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my BioSoul Integration YouTube channel. You can also find me on the web at biosoulintegration.com. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day.